is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. Cry episode number 24, A Tale of Two Trees. Hi everybody. If I'm a little emotional today, I apologize. Um, well, I don't really apologize. My aunt died yesterday, and that's why there wasn't a show yesterday. Um, I got the news just as I was coming in to record. Um, so I'm a little tore up, but... I know she's in a better place now. I, re- I really do. I really do mean that. And it's something that, you know, happens in life. So today we are going to start at the beginning. Because I think it's always good to start at the beginning, especially since this is kind of a new beginning for us. If you haven't noticed, wisdomscry.com magically changed over the weekend. Um... We have uh, split Wisdom's Cry off from the Seraphic Church website. The old site, if you're looking for it, can be found at seraphicchurch.com. And Wisdom's Cry can still be found at wisdomscry.com, where you'll have the blog and the podcast. But all of the teaching and everything will be done over on the church website now. Um, A lot of reasons for doing that, but it's done. (laughs) Okay. So, the beginning. Beginnings are important. I think so many people don't pay attention to how things start, and they wonder why they end badly. Very often, the seeds of destruction or corruption or collapse or harm can be found in the beginning. So it's important always to look through and vet exactly how things begin. And we of the Judeo-Christian tradition, our story begins in a garden. In a garden planted by God for humanity to live forever in peace with the animals. And in that garden, God planted two trees the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And people usually stop saying that last one a little early. Notice that a lot lately. They'll say, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And God forbid people from eating from the tree of knowledge. Because knowledge is bad. No, 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 no. Both trees were trees of knowledge. One gave knowledge of life. The other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, we had a choice at the beginning. We have a choice every day. Within us is a garden. 
Within us are two trees, and every day we have a choice of which tree to eat from. The tree of life, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we know how the story goes. Eve is beguiled by the servant, and she eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and she gives the fruit to her husband, and he eats. And the two are cast out. That's not actually what the story says. If you actually go back and read it, and I mean really read it, do everything you can to throw out everything you've ever heard that the story says, and really read what the story is telling you. They were thrown out the moment they ate from the fruit. Because as soon as they had eaten the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they realized they were naked. And they were ashamed. And they covered themselves. Mm. This is the crucial insight between the two trees. The tree of life is the tree of unity. It's the tree of sameness. It's the tree that shows us how all things are interconnected and interwoven. That all things, as Thich Nhat Hanh says... Participate in interbeing. Everything inter is with everything else. It is the tree of connection. There was no naked and clothed. There was just body. But once they ate from the tree of discrimination, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the division of opposites, this and that, naked and clothed. Well, everything changed. Everything changed. Some commentators will tell you that after this, God cursed them. I don't think he cursed them at all. He cursed the serpent. He definitely cursed the serpent. But the other two, he just told them the way that it would be. See, now you will know pain. Now you will know work. Now you will know the sweat of your brow. Before, you would go out in the garden, you'd pick the food that you wanted, and you ate it. This is what you did. How do we know that? Because they were eating in the garden before this. The trees grew. The food was there. They picked it. They ate it. It wasn't by the sweat of their brow. But now they had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, of the tree of division, the tree of opposites, the tree of discernment, of discrimination. And for the first time, they would notice the labor. Because before, it was just what you did. It's the way of things. You don't complain about the way things are. Why would you complain about the way things are? That's the way they've always been. You don't know any better. But now, oh, you're tired. Well, I wouldn't be tired if I didn't have to go pick the tree from the fruit from the trees. If I didn't have to till the earth. If I didn't have to work. 
We'll see what happened there. This tale of two trees is at the beginning of our faith story because it is the beginning of each and every one of our days. Paul said, I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Christ, who is the tree of life itself. In other words, Paul was telling us we should wake up every day and eat from that tree of life. Because in its fruit are the fundamental elements that bring about everlasting life. Happy life. Jesus said, whoever is burdened and heavy laden, come to me, take up my cross, take up my yoke, for my yoke is light. Why? Because it does not differentiate. It does not discriminate between this and that. It is the way of things. Now I know what you're thinking, as I hear it a lot when I say this in public, <laughs> and not on a podcast. So then we never say something's good or something's bad or well, that's not what I said at all. What I said was, you live your life. This is the message that Jesus gave us. We are here to mend the brokenhearted, to free the captives, to restore sight to the blind, to give water to the thirsty, to feed the hungry, to take in the homeless. We're here to make the world a better place. So, of course, we have to see where it's broken. But you don't fixate on the brokenness. You fixate on the healing. You fixate on what is right and what is good and what can be made better. This is the problem we have between the life of the right side and the life of the left. Jesus said he will divide those in the last days between those who will stand on his right and those who stand on their left. To those who stand on his right, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was homeless, you took me in. And they will say, when Lord, did we see you these ways and do this? And he said, whatever you do to the least of these, my brothers, you've done to me. Whatever we do to the least, we do to Christ. That is the tree of life. That is the very fundamental truth of the tree of life. The life of Christ is in me. It's in you. It's in the cat, the dog. It's in everything. It's in the refugee. It's in the enemy. In everything that we do, we are living the life of Christ, interacting with the person of Christ. And we need to learn to act in accordance with that. We don't discriminate. We don't hate. We don't fear. We see what we do well. We try to do better. If we fixated only on what was wrong, we would have a never-ending list 
You know, in one of his most poignant scenes, Jesus says to a man, your sins are forgiven, rise, take up your pallet and walk. And the crowd freaks out. How can you say this? And he poses a very simple question, which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven or you're healed. You are made whole. Well, for a lot of us, but either would be really, really hard to say. But the point being, if you're fixated on the mistakes of your past, you will never move forward. You will always lie there on your cot, wishing, if only you could fix this problem and that problem and the other problem, then you would get up. Then you would be strong enough, good enough, well enough. But that's not the way our Lord taught us. Our Lord taught us our sins are forgiven. Our past is forgiven. Now focus on what's right and what needs doing. Have no anxiety for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. That's eating from the tree of life. There is bad in this world. I would never say that there wasn't. But there's good in this world. And if we only focus on what's wrong, if we only focus on what's bad, all we do is make it worse. If you think I'm kidding, turn on the news. Look at the divisions that have arisen in Americans among Christians whom Christ himself said the unity of his followers was the sign that he was real. We're kind of failing him on that. But that's the message. That's the moral. That's the story. We fixated on what's wrong. Well, we don't like this. We don't like that. This is bad. This is bad. Well, this is bad becomes that is scary. That is scary becomes that is evil. Or worse, they are evil. We start to scapegoat. We start to point fingers. We never, ever take responsibility for our own lives. Well, I couldn't do X, Y, and Z because you didn't do X, Y, or Z. So how could I do it? Well, first of all, we need to ask if those are the things that we need to be doing. And second of all, we need to ask, what is it that we do well? And ask, why aren't we doing more of those things? I know this is true in our own life. In one of the businesses that we run, the question every day is, what did we do right today and how can we do more of that tomorrow? What did we do right yesterday and what can we, how can we do more of that right tomorrow? That's how you actually fix problems. Because when you focus on doing the right things, when you focus on doing the good things, when you focus on doing better things, you will find ways to fix problems that you never, ever would have seen if you just sat there staring at the problem and trying to figure out how to fix that problem. Little things tend to themselves. They really do. And big things tend to themselves too. But when we're distracted, 
by division, by hate, by otherness. Oh, Jesus said quite well, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We in the church, we in America, have become a house divided against itself. We as a world have become a house divided against itself. But I don't think we're going to fall. And that's not just blind optimism. You can ask anybody that knows me. I am not an optimist at heart. That's not me. I am not the everything's cheery, everything's coming up roses. That's not me. That's not the kind of person I am. But I know from experience, I have faith because of my experiences that if we hunker down and do the right things, we march in the streets, we are peaceful, we're honest, we're straightforward with people, we'll win. We cannot help but win. There is no other option for us but to win. Because you cannot stop the majority of people. Because I really do believe the majority of people have good intentions. Our eyes are just focused on all the wrong things. If you're pro-life, like I am, you know the best way to lower the number of abortions? You teach proper sex education, and you stop harassing women at abortion clinics. It's counterintuitive. I, it is the most counterintuitive thing that you can ever say. But the facts bear it out. That's how you actually do it. That's how you get rid of it. You increase the availability of adoption. You make sure that there are fewer unwanted pregnancies. That's it. That actually makes a difference. We have decades and decades of data to look at and see that those are the things that actually work. Yelling at people not to have sex does not make people not have sex. Telling people that they should be respected by the people they have sex with. You know what that does? That causes people not to be as promiscuous because they know that they're more than meat. They're more than just someone else's property that they can do with as they please. I know, it's counterintuitive. But it is the truth. It's the facts. Every day when you wake up, Eat from the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Not the tree that discriminates and hates and pits this against that. I know what some of you are going to say. Yeah, 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 but Jesus said, I have not come into this world to bring peace. I have come to bring a sword. I shall set father against son and daughter against mother. Yeah. Because this is a radical message. I know in my own family, I'm extremely unpopular when I espouse the message of Jesus. 
even amongst some of my friends, it's extremely unpopular for me to express this message. But this is the truth. Yeah, I know sometimes you want to fight, you want to be angry, but all you're doing then is burning yourself out. Life is about the long haul. Yeah, it can feel good to be mean and angry, sometimes even hostile and violent, but it doesn't get you anything. It just burns you out quicker and makes you less effective. You can scream at the darkness all you want. The darkness doesn't care. You light a candle and the light banishes the darkness. Jesus said that we are lights. And he begged us not to put our light under a bushel. Don't put a basket on top of it. Don't hide your light. Let your light shine. And so many of us do. Because we're afraid. Because it's easier to hate. It's easier to point at somebody else and say, well, everything would be better if only they... Because that's the lazy answer. That's the answer that means we don't have to work. That's the answer that means that we don't have to do anything. It's not our fault. It's their fault. You know what? If you look at almost anything long enough, you can find a they to blame it on. But in the, with the exception of a natural disaster or a disease... It's probably partially at least a little bit your fault. And even if it's not directly your fault, or our fault, or my fault, there probably is something we could have done to either prevent it or make it better. Because that's the secret truth of reality. That's the thing nobody wants you to know. You're responsible for your own life. It's hard. Not This isn't the secret. If you're expecting me to be like, oh, honey, it's so easy. You just believe and it just manifests. Oh, that, that's, not, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I can't tell you that. Because it's not true. And you need to get away from the people that tell you that. Because it's not true. But you know what faith does? Faith changes the nature of the work. I do the things that I do because I love the things that I do. They give me meaning. They give me purpose. And I hear how they help people and affect people. That's why I do it. That, in turn, bolsters my faith and gives me the strength to go out and do it again. So remember, every day, when you wake up, let go what happened before. Focus on what's right. Focus on what's good. Don't focus on the differences. Don't, but I, but I, but I. In my tradition, I, I took the vows to Mary that San Louis de Montfort set forth. And so every morning when I awake, First prayer of the day 
It's called the Totus Tuus. I am totally yours, and all that I have is yours, O most loving Jesus, through Mary, our beloved mother. That context today, that makes everything a little bit different. Everything that I do is handed to Jesus through his mother's hands. Keeps me focused. Keeps me on track. Maybe you should, maybe try. Thank you for listening. Like I said, for more information, you can go to um, wisdomscry.com or you can head out to the seraphicchurch.com to find more of our teaching and instruction there. My name's Charlie. God bless you. Talk to you again soon.